Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, party people, it's Jaime. Producing our podcast, Confessions of a Creative Director, is one of the most rewarding and fulfilling projects of my life. I can't believe I get to meet and talk to some of the most successful and influential creative directors from around the world. I'm thrilled by all the support and encouragement I receive from listeners everywhere. Now, as a fan of the show, I invite you to join my Patreon and become a supporter of the show. You'll help me cover the editing, hosting services, and maybe the occasional tequila soda for yours truly. If you've derived real-world value from my conversations with the world's best creatives, this is your way to help keep it going. Visit my Patreon and sign up to become a supporter today. You'll get access to additional content from the show and maybe even a few surprises. I'm looking forward to many more episodes, and I hope you'll come along for the ride with me. Visit patreon.com backslash confessions of a creative director to become a supporter today. That's patreon.com backslash confessions of a creative director. Thanks. This episode is brought to you by What's the Big Idea? An indispensable guide to becoming a kick-ass creative director by yours truly, Jaime Cabrera. Pick it up on Amazon and now available on Audible. What's up, party people? Welcome back to the podcast, Confessions of a Creative Director, the original podcast made by a creative director for creative directors, for aspiring creative directors, for creatives of all types looking to up their game by learning from the world's best. This is your podcast, and I am your host, Jaime Cabrera. Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of 2024. If you're an ambitious creative and you're thinking, this is my year, this is the year I finally go for this creative director gigs, then I want you to consider a few things. First off, if you haven't already subscribed to this podcast to make sure you get notified of every episode, I have some great guests coming up, so you're not going to want to miss anything. Second, pick up a copy of my book, What's the Big Idea? An Indispensable Guide to Becoming a Kick-Ass Creative Director, which is filled with everything you need to know about the role of creative director, including tips and advice from creative directors from around the world who have been on this very fine podcast. Third, consider becoming a paid supporter of the show on patreon.com backslash confessions of a creative director, where you can get access to exclusive content like show summaries and more. Shout out to some of my very first supporters, Myron N, Christopher E, Kelsey R, and Jordan B. Thank you so much for being a part of making this show happen. And last but not least, check out my website, JaimeCabreraCreative.com, where you can sign up for one-on-one -on -one coaching with me. We'll start with a personal assessment and then design a customized coaching plan just for you. I'll link all of this in the show notes, so be sure to check that out. Okay, so on today's show, I'm thrilled to have one of the hottest creative minds in the industry, someone who is breaking all the rules of marketing and advertising and leading the brand Liquid Death. I know you've heard of them, to places few brands ever reach. I'm talking about the creative genius himself, Andy Pearson, who is going to give us a sneak peek behind the curtain of how he and his team continue to defy the norms of our business and create work that is truly memorable and ultimately effective. So without further ado, let's get into it with Andy Pearson, you magnificent son of a bitch. 
How are you? I'm great. I was try- I was I was thinking about how I would I would start the show, and it was it was a toss up between that or you creative genius son of a bitch. So one of uh, one of those I two. Per- I prefer the way you chose, to be honest. All right, thank you. Appreciate hey, it. Hey man, thanks for hey. thanks for making time to join the podcast. I've been wanting to have you on for a long time, so I'm I'm really happy that you uh, made the time to be on the show. Of course, thanks for having me. I love talking. Yeah, I love talking liquid death. It's fun. Yeah, and we're we're going to talk about uh, all kinds of stuff. Um, and you know, I kind of just since since the work that you're doing is so different and out there and cool, and the brand is so cool, I thought, well, we'll go a little off script here and just kind of. Uh, free flow. I do have some questions, but I want to start off with kind of like, who the fuck are you, and, and what what planet did you come from? Uh, just kind of like, tell us how did you get to this point? Obviously, I was I was doing my research and seeing the sort of your career trajectory, but how did you know? Give us sort of the, um, you know, the montage of your <laughs> of your career and how you got to this amazing point in your uh, career. Uh. Who the fuck do you think you are? Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll start off from the very beginning. We'll go way back, it's like for the, as if I'm in a psychology, a psychiatrist's office. But you know, in like sixth grade, I remember I had this crazy language arts teacher that made us do this unit on, like, she literally, I, I grew up outside of Atlanta. And she did this. We're supposed to ostensibly be learning about English and language arts. And she would teach like units on like taxes. And she did, and she did one about like the evils of advertising. And it was literally <laughs> like showing, it was like, look how, look at these evil advertisers. They work skulls into the ice cubes of this cognac ad. And it was stuff like that. <laughs> and I, it, it was so, it was so insane. The, the level of care that she was reading into these like dumb ads, you know? And I just was like, that's really interesting. I love that people are paying attention to this, these messaging and reading things into them that clearly aren't even there. And I think that was the first time it really like some, it, it kind of sparked my interest a little bit on the ability of a, a message to make people care that much. And um, yeah. And so later on um, I, I ended up going to the creative circus uh, rest in peace. Although it's been, it's now re- reanimated zombie according to the news that came out last week. Um, and um, I was, while I was there, I was lucky enough to win a can future line. Um, wow. One of the, yeah. So I ended up. Um, well, well, so hold on, let me stop you there. So you're yeah. saying while you were at the creative circus, at, mm-hmm. learning, learning how mm-hmm. to, how to do this, you want a, a can line. A future line. So they give out five yeah. in the world. So, um, to students oh my gosh. each year. So my, my partner at the time, who was actually now my wife, um, she and I both won one of these five and it was, it was pretty funny. Cause I had, when it, when we won, I had no idea what can was at the time we were just like applying to random stuff. <laughs> and I was like, is it, is it cans? Can it like, how do yeah. you even pronounce it? You know, I was, just, I had no idea. And, they're like, no, this is a big deal. And they, um, they got in touch with us and they were just like, Hey, we wanted to know if you're going to pick these awards up in person next week or, or how you want to do it. And we're like, what? <laughs> and so this Google can advertising yeah. award real fast. And we're like, Oh shit, this is in France. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, um, and we were just like, we don't have the money. And then there was another team yeah. from our, from the creative circus that had won as well. And they, um, so basically we're like, we have four people that need to get to the South of France in a week and spend a week there. And, um, we had no money. And so, um, we came up with this idea that night called cookies for cans. And basically we were like, we went through all these, we're like, how do you normally raise money? It's like, oh, you do a car wash or you throw a kegger or whatever. And I was like, you do a bake sale. And I was like, what if we just did a bake sale? And then we just sold cookies for $500 a piece and we only need to sell 20 cookies and then we'll have $10,000. And it was just logical and stupid enough that we built a site overnight. We threw it out there. We like blasted all the ad blogs um, that existed at the time and it got some pickup. And the next day, 
um, someone from Leo Burnett called us up and was like, we want to buy a dozen cookies. And then AKQA wow. called us and wanted to buy two cookies and the other people bought pieces of cookies. And we essentially ended up raising 10 grand in like 24 hours. That's and, rad. And it was, I was like, oh my God, it's my first ad that's ever worked. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, and it was in collaboration, obviously, with, with the other people in the group and the photographer and stuff, but um, it worked and, and it was kind of, and that was kind of always, I don't know, just my approach on things is like this sort of fun melding of like the logical and the total absurd, which right. um, I think, you know, it's funny, you can kind of draw a line to some of the stuff that we're doing with Liquid Death now, which is, I think part of the magic is when you capture that something that feels so, so dumb, but we've made such a great argument for the very dumb thing that the very dumb premise that we've begun with, there's yeah. a real kind of like joy in, in those kind of ideas. And I think that was really the first time we'd done that. So yeah, anyway, that's well, very story. cool. Yeah. So you start off, I mean, you started off with, with, with a bang and then you land where you're, I'm looking at your, when I went to here, you land out of that party, out of going to can, I, I got asked to come to Wyden. Um, wow. and I went there. So I left school early to go to Wyden. Um, another long story, but I got offered the job and then there were layoffs the following day before I could sign the job offer. Um, so I, I was offered a job that was then thus taken away from me the next day and was in the wilderness for a little bit before I landed at Crispin, um, because they had seen the cookies for can thing there and yeah. had passed around the agency. And so I was at Crispin for about five years and really just learned everything from that place, all the amazing people there. And I mean, it was that, that, that education just cannot be replicated to be, be in that, that building with, you know, when I was there, it was upwards of 750 people at one point, just in this warehouse out in the outskirts of Boulder, Colorado, with nothing else to do, but make crazy ads and ideas and stuff. And, um, all, you know, all of some of my best friends and, and best kind of colleagues and everything that grew out of that all, all came from that time. Um, including I, I met Mark Cesario, our, our founder and CEO, um, probably my first week there at Crispin. So there's a lot of, a lot of pieces of liquid death that come out of that era as well. Oh, um, okay. Then we'll, we'll have to touch on that because I, I, yeah. I have a question about that. Yeah. So then from there, you, you know, Deutsch, uh, Humanot, uh, you do some freelance work, you're at McKinney, uh, yep. and then you get to uh, Liquid Death. And so yep. how did that come about? It sounds like you had made this relationship al already. Was this um, was the founder also in creative at the time at yeah. at, at Crispin? Yeah, so, so Mike was a like art director designer. Um, I think he I think. Uh, yeah, I met him at, at Crispin and then he, I ended up we, we just missed each other at Humanot. Um, he kind of was leaving just as my wife and I were kind of coming in. Um, so just missed him. But again, some of the DNA of what Humanot was doing have ended up into Liquid Death. And Humanot is a spinoff of Crispin in, in a lot of respects as well. Um, and then he also I uh, freelanced for Donor for a while where Mike was there as well. So we, we worked together quite a bit. Um, and he just kind of texted me out of the blue one day and was, was like, hey, is this still Andy? Uh, what are you up to? Uh, I might need some help on something. So um, we wow. just started talking again, and and it kind of just went from there. And it was, you know, he he was like, it feels like we were on the same page a lot on some of the stuff when you're when you were working, were helping uh, freelance for me. It felt like we were against the same advertising bullshit that was always kind of omnipresent there. And and so in a lot of ways, Liquid Death has grown out of this seeing the industry from the inside and, and, and figuring out like, what can we do? That's totally different. If it's up to us, I would say, I would say this to like, internally, if it, it, it's up to us, if it sucks or if it's awesome, like we're the only ones that either can take credit or can take all the blame because it's us running the ship. And so if it sucks, right. it's our fault. And if it doesn't, then we we've, we've done a fairly good job. So um, I think it's kind of built on that premise. It's like, what if we were just in control and got to do everything ourselves? Um, that's, so. that's, that's very cool. And so when you, when, when you started to have these conversations, was, was the brand already in existence or was being planned? Was the name already there? Tell us kind of like where, once you landed there, what was the, the status of the brand or, you know, where was it, was it at that time? No, I mean, Mike had, Mike had 
you know, it was it was a product that existed that people could buy off Amazon. Um, it was or in, in the website as well. So it existed. I, I didn't come in and name it or anything like that. That was that was all Mike and the you know other people earlier on they're doing. So that it was really teed up um, for me and and we. It's still a very collaborative um, process across the entire marketing team. And you know, it's um, you know it's less of like an agency or even internal marketing team and more of a, I said, kind of like a, you know, we talk a lot about how it's almost more like a writer's room on a TV show or something where we're just kind of batting ideas around and being yeah. playful and, and trying stuff out very quickly. And, and we all kind of understand what we're doing. So there's not, there's not this like rig and roll of, of like working separately, bring, putting together a presentation, presenting ideas, you know, going back and working on feedback. It's just a sort of an organic process that's always, always happening. And we're always working on, I mean, literally 30 things at once, but in a way that keeps it very organic, you know? Yeah. I mean, how do you, so let's, let's touch on something that that'll kind of lead us back there. But in terms of, if you could right? this is a, a thinly veiled attempt just to steal all your secrets, this whole podcast episode. Sure. Um, of course. If you could kind of give us a, a sneak peek behind the curtain, what is, what is the, uh, the creative operation look like? Is it, you know, how big is it, you know, is it a pretty small team is, you know, is the production side built into it as well? Are there any agencies or are you doing it all in house? Um, you know, kind of give us a, a sneak peek unless you feel like you're giving away the, uh, the, the trade secrets here. Uh, I won't, <laughs> okay. I won't give away anything, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I would say it's a fairly tight knit team. There's not, you know, there's not too many cooks in the kitchen, so to speak, but, um, we, we just want very smart, experienced, um, entertainment driven people that, you know, don't necessarily come from advertising or marketing backgrounds. Like I'm, I'm kind of the most industry person <laughs> there is, which is a positive, hmm. which is how we want it to be. Right. We have, um, well, Carsola, who is the creator of, um, and adult swim shows like Mr. Pickles, Mama Name Sheriff. Um, he, he's been involved with the brand longer, much longer than I have from, from close to the beginning. Um, he's part of our, our team. We have, you know, people that have their own punk bands and have written for the onion and, and done all kinds of stuff like that. And, and, um, so it, it's, it's people that get, get that like we're trying to make something funny and have actual genuine you know humor chops um right. I, and i don't mean this to be demeaning but i do a little bit and i, I talk about this is there's like a difference between like ad funny and real actual funny like right it's like oh it's a funny ad it's like i mean look at the look at 96 percent of beer ads they're like they're they're always held up as like this funny ad by budweiser bud light or whatever and it's like no it's not funny it's a funny ad and i think that's a important distinction and so you know our goal is just to make something that's like flat out funny so hire people that are really good at at that kind of thing um so yeah we um we have a pretty tight team but then we also have kind of a a lot of collaborators from um from outside you know people that that we get to work with or comedians and ambassadors and stuff like that so it's right. like you know we get to work with Bert Kreischer is an amazing comedian or Whitney Cummings or whomever. And we get to, you know, we work yeah. with them and we bat ideas around and we will usually like bring them an idea, but then they help us punch it up and we'll get on set and they're just mad, you know, mad men on set with, you know, their insane things that they're, they're able to do that we could never do. So it's, it's, it's like, we, we allow the idea to be, fluid enough that we can we can bring in other people from the outside and always always pump it up and then yeah um and then the other piece of the special sauce to that is to get to one of your questions is we have all of our production is run in-house through our production company called death machine um which is um we're able to shoot and produce everything ourselves so again it's like we have ultimate control i mean a lot of times um a lot of times <laughs> Like, I don't want to see director's treatments on stuff because I know what it, like, I, we know what the answer is. We don't need someone else's opinion on something. We're just like, Hey, just be there and make sure we get the things that we need on camera and it looks the way we want it to look. And that's how we want it. And so it's, it's hard, <laughs> it's sometimes hard for like 
directors or you know, especially like agencies in the in the instances we worked with them, because we have a very distinct point of view, right. a very distinct understanding of what works for us. And so, um, so that's why the more control we can have over stuff, the better. I mean, it's like, you know, I've I'm starting to direct more. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna direct two more things internally that you know, quote unquote, direct things when we get back from the new year. And it's you know, it's not directing. It's like bringing the idea to life that we have on paper. Yeah. And I think. Um, so I, I, we kind of like to do it all ourselves because it, it ultimately gives us the most control because we know how it's going to work. Yeah, I love that. And and just in reading some of the stuff, right, and you mentioned it earlier about looking at the brand as almost a character and this idea Ooh. that it's almost like SNL, right? And the way that you've described it sounds very SNL-like. It's like you've got the writer's room, but then you're bringing in special guests, whether that's Whitney yeah. Cummings or Burt Kreischer or whatever, right? But you guys are building something together and you're, I mean, the, you know, I was just scrolling down here, your post, right? The output is just like, um, it's it's crazy how much stuff that you're doing, right? Just in the yeah. last, you know, we've got the Burden, uh, the Burden uh, Snowboard collaboration, right? The Board mm -hmm. of, of Death. And then we've got the partnership with Nixon uh, Watches. And we've got the, the zombie commercial. And it's yeah. just, you know, crazy the pace that you guys are keeping up. But I think that that's, I think that that's what is needed nowadays, right? And I feel like that's where maybe the traditional model, right, of brand and agency, you can't move as fast as you, as fast as you guys can because you guys are controlling the whole, right, the whole thing. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's like it's like we we can prioritize whatever we want. We can <laughs> we yeah. I mean, we have so it, it it just it comes together so much more quickly when the people that are making it or also writing it and, and have, you know, are in it day to day. And again, not a knock against agencies, but it's like when we get pitched by people and stuff, we just, we have so much background and, and there's such an, like a body of work that we're always drawing from that. It's really hard for people to step into that speed and that flow and that character that we've been, that we've been developing this whole time. Um, so yeah, it just becomes, it it the way I like to think I was saying to someone the other day it's it's almost like a, a comedian's body of work right they kind of identify their specific genre of humor and then from there you're able to keep riffing on that and keep finding material within that thing but you're building this body of work and essentially by by piling more work more things on top of it you're sort of evolving this world without without um i don't know you're, you're kind of you, people expect to love the thing you're already putting out like if you're already a fan again to say bert or, or or whomever it's like if you're already a fan of bert no matter what he does you're going to find his next thing very funny because you already love him and you already love what he's doing and so we we kind of have like this really great understanding of 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 what people love about the brand so we're being inside it we're able to just very rapidly put out more and more stuff because we're we're kind of writing our own comedy set live yeah you know over an extended period of time in a sense yeah and uh, you know what something that struck me as funny you said earlier right um typically typically the the the, the thought is right you're at an aging three or something and somebody pitches an idea and they say that's really smart but in some ways it sounds like it's the opposite not, not that it's not smart but in a way it's almost like oh my god that's so dumb that's so funny oh, yeah. that's so hilarious oh, yeah. that i mean i is that is that accurate that you probably say like oh my god that's so dumb i love it Dude, more sorry, often than oh my gosh that's so smart no no we we'll literally be like I'll be like, I'll be like, this is the dumbest fucking idea I've ever heard. <laughs> it's so good. Like that's, and it's really funny because when we work with, like in the, in the cases where we do kind of work with people on the outside occasionally, and I'll, I'll give them that note. I'll be like, this idea, this thing is so dumb. And I'll see like people's faces just go white. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like that's, that's the compliment. <laughs> <laughs> People, oh people just like freak out. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's that's a really good thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's to going back. It's like there's a real joy in in finding these dumb ideas and then working in the logic. And so sometimes 
you know, when we're working on stuff, like that's how I'll, I'll be like, what's the, you know, what's the dumbest, what's the dumbest thing we could do? And then how can we make it sound like it's the smartest thing? Um, right. And, and that's a really funny way to kind of do it. Um, and we have a, you can kind of look back. There's a ton of stuff that we've done. That's exactly that. And I think that's what people latch on. It's like, say the thing. And then it, we commit to this very dumb thing that we've said. And I think, um, I think the difference is sometimes when people are doing humor or doing like a dumb idea, they they'll do this wink. That's like, just kidding. You know, they kind of, they like let you know that they're not playing around. Um, Right. And my whole thing is like, no, there's no wink. If, if we don't wink, that's the magic is that there's, we're, we're not treating this like it's a, like it's a bad idea. We're treating it like it's a really good idea. It just is a really bad idea. You know, um, yeah. like when I started, there was a, like, right, right. When I started, someone was like, oh, this uh, partner we were working with was like, oh, this would make a really good April Fool's idea. I was like, yeah, but then people know it's a joke. <laughs> like right. April, Fool's is the, April Fool's is the dumbest thing because, because everyone expects it to be a joke um, versus like, if you just launch it any other day of the year, like what a magical, <laughs> what a magical thing to put out in the world is if it's serious. So um, that's that's really a, a really fun way to think about it, right? It's like it should be it's April Fools every day. Like you know, we, we shouldn't yeah. we shouldn't let you know people in on the. I, I think the idea of the wink is very interesting, right? Is that it's that it's because I think I think probably most brands get scared at some point, right? And it's like, well, yeah. we got to let them in on the joke. We got to we got to right. let them know that we know we're joking and all that. So we got to do the the little payoff at the end, right? And and do the wink. But you guys don't care because you just sort of commit to it. Is has there has there ever been a time ha, have you made mistakes and have you, you know, uh, has that ever happened or you're just like even the mistakes you're like, well, we just we just did it. We we still love it. We, you know, maybe it didn't go over great or it was somehow considered not not uh, uh not really a mistake or whatever. I mean, have you? No. No, I mean, I I don't think so. I not, I don't think we've ever done anything because it it is a really it's a it's a tightrope walk of like can't step off this side. You step off this side and you look like an asshole. You step off this side and it's not funny. And so you have to be you have to be very sure that this is the right path. And so I think that that is the the hard part about what we're trying to do is always being right on that line. Um, where we're kind of going right down the center of that. But, you know, like I said, um, I've I've had to do presentations. So I've had to like put this into like a really catchy quippy thing, which is silly, but I do think it's, it's a a worthwhile thing. It's like be fearless, not reckless. And I think that's what people Mm. mistake from the outside about what we're doing is like, and when we get pitched stuff by agencies or random people or people have made like, people will send us spec spots that they've shot and they'll be like, I mean, people have sent me crazy shit that, that I was like, this one time somebody sent me, they're like, we really understand your brand. We get it. We're this production company. We'd love to work with you here. We already made you the spot. And it was in a boardroom. It was like, it was a commercial that was people. It was like the liquid death ad department scene in boardroom trying to come up with the next idea. And then at some point someone just pulls out a gun and starts shooting everybody. And it was like, and then it was just like liquid death. And I, I, I wrote back and I was like, why the fuck would you think that this is anything we would go, we would ever go near, please take this down from your site, remove it. This like, no one can ever see this. Please take this away. And and that's what I mean is I think a lot of people on the outside are like, wow, those guys are totally unhinged. They'll do anything. And, and that's patently untrue. Um, we right. just have a very clear sense of what we're trying to do. And so I think it's like, we have, we know what we're wanting to do and we commit to it very strongly, but it's not this like open season. Like we're just making snuff films and shit like that. Out here, right. You know? I mean, I love the thought of, of, of fearless, uh, not reckless. I think that that kind of summarizes the the approach. Um, yeah. I'm curious. I mean, is there even is there even sort of a a, a brief or how do you how do you <laughs> kick off kick, kick something off? And hold on, let me let my dog out because he's going sure. nuts. Hold on. 
Go out, buddy. Go. We let the dogs out. Is there, or, you know, kind of give us a little, if, if you can, <laughs> how does that go down? I mean, the short answer is no, <laughs> there's not. Um, I was teaching a class. Um, someone asked me this. Um, I was teaching a, uh, or guest teaching a, a class at LMU um, like a year ago. And one of the teachers asked me that question. And he's like, isn't the brief just liquid death? And I was like, yeah, that's kind of, that. that is kind of the brief. Um, but what I think what the the point about that is I've heard a lot from other people. I've seen it. My wife is a freelancer. Like she's like, I hear this all the time. It's like people want a liquid death idea. And you even sometimes see people trying stuff that like is a liquid. It's like, oh, it's a heavy metal thing. Um, right. And again, it's, a, I think it's a real misreading of what we're doing, but then on top of that, I don't think there is like a liquid death. I, you can't have a liquid death idea. The idea of liquid death is liquid death. That is, that is the, that is the idea. You can't have, you can't have an idea. Um, we've just find a lot of ways to continue to express that idea in, in all kinds of, all kinds of, you know, different ways, but it, but it's, it's not, there can't be a single idea in isolation. And I think that's the mistake that people will try to make when, when you're trying to, when, when I hear that people want a liquid death idea. Um, yeah. Because we, we built the brand from scratch and we're kind of, and we're not, we didn't just build it. We're continuing to build it every day. We're kind of uncovering new things and, and we're evolving it. And we're not, you know, we're not like testing work. We're testing work by putting it out in the in, live and we're like, Oh, right. cool, that works. People like this. Oh, weird. This, this had this effect, you know, um, this didn't do so well. Okay, now we learn from this. And so it's that right. idea of testing it live and then using that to apply to the next thing. Because to your point, we're putting out so much work continuously that that's how we learn, not by like being super constipated over like the strategy of the thing. And it's like, oh, well, we needed to say this or it has to, you know, we need to make sure it has this shot or appeals to this. Like that's where I, that's where I, that's where I want agencies to all unclench themselves and like go with, and, and and clients too, and everybody, it's like, we're all overthinking it. Everybody is overthinking it and we're all suffering because of it on kind of like a personal level and, yeah. and, and like open up and, and have this freedom to, to go with it and see what works and then, and then try something new. And obviously we, because of our specific model and the way we approach, we're able to do that. But again, that's because we've develop the entire brand and our entire marketing operation to kind of support that, that sort of output and that sort of thinking. So I think I read somewhere where you were kind of talking about, um, you know, uh, uh, about the brand and it was kind of, I think you touched a little bit on the brief and sort of guidelines, right. And how, um, you, you see, sort of see the a brand differently, right. You, you mm -hmm. don't necessarily see it as, as fixed. Um, and tell me if I'm, if I'm not stating yeah. that right, but I thought I read that where you see it. How, how do you see it? What do you, how do you see a, a brand, not just well, your brand, but you know, well, I, I mean, the way I've, the way I, I've stumbled on, I think the cool thing about working at liquid death is or working on it is like, I'm, I'm constantly learning stuff every day. And, and it's this process of kind of uncovering what these little insights and things. And I think um, a while back I, I was, well, literally my first like week here, I was like, I need to get it all. I need to like write it down in this deck so that I understand what we're trying to do, what's on the paper. And then if I can create all the rules and this little like, and it was more like a personal project, like a personal brand book for me so that I could just understand the complexity and nuance of what was already there and what Mike and the team was already doing before I, I joined. And I tried so hard <laughs> to make this deck for myself. And it was just impossible. I, I couldn't capture, I couldn't capture it all. I couldn't get it all down in any appreciable way. And anytime I tried to even like express some of that stuff in a, in a, in shorthand, it just felt so dorky and so inauthentic and so inert once it's down on a piece of paper. And man, I tried, I did, I tried making that brand book again, kind of just for me for like, 
half a year probably. And I, I couldn't do it and, just couldn't do and it. Th- I couldn't do it. And I was like, well, why am I trying to do it? And, and I was like, what am I going to do? It, 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 and other people wanted it. Other people like, like partners were like, can you send us a brand book? And I just be like, no. And, but again, it's like, we make these brand books that we work on. That is a 120 page document that cost tens of thousands of dollars and months of time that becomes a PDF that literally sits in someone's folder and no one ever opens it and no one reads it. And that's it. I mean, that, that's, that's the unfortunate truth about that stuff. And so, um, at a certain point I just, I gave up and I kind of came back to this later and I was like, the brand should be more living. And in fact, when, you know, we live on social, the, the world lives on, you know, Instagram and TikTok and, and all these other places. And we like, thus the brand needs to fit within that world. And that world is made up of, you know, real people and real interesting interesting stuff and it's not made up of brands and it doesn't have these rigid rules. And I kind of started thinking again about like less of a brand and more of this character that, that once we can get inside of it, again, going back to the writer's room analogy, it's like, we just write for the character and, and you just think about what given this, given this situation, what would this character do? And so like, I mean, Burton's a great example. It's like, cool, we're going to do something with Burton. It's like, well, what would the character of Liquid Death do? And it's like, right. we'd make an unrideable skateboard, <laughs> uh, an unrideable snowboard that could literally kill you. And it just looks like right. a coffin. And it's called the Death Trap. And it's like, it's like, it's it's a very easy way to get to that thing. You don't go through these rounds of, like I was talking about, like being in the creative wilderness where you and your partner are like sitting there staring up at the ceiling for days on end trying to, hope from like this creative mana to fall from the sky and drop on you miraculously or whatever. It's like, we have this very fast, we're like, well, I don't know, what would we do? And and I, that's, that's the other thing that I've kind of started doing is like asking ourselves as we're working on stuff. It's like, what would liquid death do? Not, not what could we do? Cause I think as a creative and a strategist and just, in, and in general, you're like, well, what could we do? And you're like, well, we could do, do this. We could do this. Here's an interesting technology. We could do this. And you're kind of always starting from this place of like, we could, could do this thing. And I think we're now like, what would, meaning there's like a one, a, a single answer, what would liquid death do? And you look at this from this kind of outside perspective. And I mean, like the thing we did for Call of Duty, we came up with that idea in half an hour and then we wrote the script in probably another half hour. And now we're like, cool, let's just do this. <laughs> like there's a, there's a real, and, and there's so, a right answer, a right answer to stuff when you think about it that way, you know? And it really, I mean, in your mind, is it kind of like a feeling when you, when you get to that point that you just have like a, you know, you know, you have an understanding almost within yourself, like, yes, that's the right answer. It's more of a, it's kind of more of a feeling. It's not a, I don't know if a feeling, it's so much a feeling. It's like, we we've been doing it for we've been developing this character and we kind of by working day in and day out it's like oh well we do the social posts too so we know some of the funny things that we do in captions and we mess with people by this and you know we we kind of prank yeah we prank our followers by writing this in the caption we we have all these interesting levers to pull as the brand and the tone of voice that we speak in and so i think by because we're doing that day in and day out it just Again, it's like, again, the, the writer's room analogy is great. If you're writing on a TV show um, and you're writing for the bear and it's like, well, what in this, in this episode, Cuz's car gets towed. And so like, what is, what would he do? And he was like, yeah, go down to the impound and fucking, you know, Lose it on. Yeah, someone. there's only one and answer, so you, like you said. There's, there's a, only one there's answer. a single answer, right? There's a right answer in that situation yeah. because you know what the character does, and so that's kind of the fun. Is like we'll just be like we'll ha- we'll kind of bat some stuff around and be like that's the answer, and we're like cool, we'll just do that, and then we move on to the next thing we're doing. And so there's not this like consternation or even pitching of ideas or presentations. We just sort of generate something, and then we go like yeah, that feels like that's that's the right answer, and then. 
And then we're sure enough that we can, and that, at that point, we're sure enough that we can go off and write the script and make it funny that a lot of times we'll pitch stuff to people without any scripts or anything. We'll just be like, Hey, here's the thing. We'll make a funny video around it. <laughs> so there's not, yeah. no one's, no one's buying and, and no one's buying the idea based on like how great of a line we've written or whatever. We just, we know that we can get it there. And so, um, that's, that's another part of that kind of, I think, confidence in, in knowing what we're doing as well. Now, right. You, you guys are an anomaly in, in some ways and the product lends itself to some of this thinking. Do you think that some of this same thinking can be applied to most any brand? Or do you think, let's just say that you ended up going to work somewhere else that was not liquid death. Do yeah. you th and it was a it was a much more sort of, you know, stayed sort of product, right? It maybe didn't have the same edginess. Do you think some of the same principles would apply or would you think that it would be a different approach altogether? I mean, I think you have to have a lot of stars align. I think you have to, we're, we're lucky in that we have a founder and CEO who is a, you know, ad creative himself. Like he gets it, you know, he wants, he pushes the work. Um, we have smart people. Everyone, everyone here is trying to make the best, you know, trying to make the best, funniest, wildest stuff that we can. And, and simultaneously growing the brand in, in ways that we want to do it and, and have real business goals. And so, I think you have to have the personnel to do it. Again, you can't have, you can't have like, go back to that thing. It's like, you can't have the liquid death idea or have a liquid death campaign. You have to, that has to be something that is built in to the organization from the very sure. ground up. And so if you have an organization like that, yeah, for sure. I think this kind of thing is, but possible. what about even Everyone just has to be committed to that vision, you know, and right. it's not like you come in and you're like, this is the thing we're doing now. Now we're just going to make these funny videos and crazy products. It's like, there's so much, there's so much that that groundwork that has to be laid in order for that stuff to work. You know? Right. But what about just even like some of the things that, I, that I'm calling sort of like a principle, right? That you may have, you probably don't want yeah. to call it a principle, but just as that, <laughs> even that simple idea of, of like thinking of the brand as a character, not as a brand. We always say, well, what would the be, brand do, right? But, but thinking think about, about it more that. as a character, I mean, I feel like that would work pretty much for, for totally. any brand and it would, it would shift the thinking, right? Just even just slightly. Yeah. It loosens, it loosens what you can do. It loosens like what you're allowed to do. And again, that was kind of where it started with that. It's like, we have to live on social. The, the, the thing I talk about, it's like our, our competition is not like other brands in the category. It's not, you know, we never look at like what other, like, I don't, we don't give a shit about what anyone else in the category is doing beverage or anywhere. I don't care what other ads are out there. I'm literally just trying to make the funniest things that feel like they're coming from liquid death that we can. And so, and, and then, and again, like if you think of the competition again is, is the other things that are in your feed. It's, that really funny comedian that you follow or that meme account or your best friends or whatever that, that you're seeing on that daily basis, that's our competition. Mm. And so when you act like a brand and you're, and you're just posting photos of your product with like a really like quippy ad copy or, or whatever, um, even when you're doing like really meme -y advertising things, I think that works for some brands I, that has now turned into its own, I think version of like, wow, this is marketing because it's such a, they're trying to replicate these cool memes that all the cool kids are doing. And so I think um, by allowing the brand to act like a character, you're, you are the same as the other things that are in your feed, which are real people that are having real lives and have, you know, are malleable, mm. are malleable characters in their own right. Um, and I, I think it just makes the, it makes the brand much more complex, complex and, 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 interesting to get to know i i um we do all kinds of wacky crazy insane stuff but like my first month on the gig we had a um we had a fan who had passed away about a year prior it was coming up on the year anniversary of her death um she was really young it was uh from cancer ovarian cancer and her brother asked that we did a was just like hey we put up this this fund in her account 
in her name and you know if anything you guys could do and so we were like yeah let's let's share a post about it and um and my first month i had to write like a tribute post to a fan who had passed away from cancer and um and it was really hard to do yeah and but because it came from us and it was like it was it was it had to be like funny and heartfelt and respectful but also it had to do all these things in like three sentences and it was probably the hardest thing i've ever written and it was so meaningful i i remember like (laughs) we posted on a saturday and it was in my backyard and i was like reading the comments coming in and it was it was one of the biggest things that we had done all that that we did that year um not to make it about numbers but it was just the reaction to this post was was so intense and all these all these survivors and people who knew people were were getting involved were jumping in the comments commenting and i just i literally just started crying in my backyard reading reading this thing that was like clearly touching to a lot of people and i i think about her a lot and um and i and but i think it's a really cool example of how again like a character can be right. really surprising and can mean a lot of different things and and it's why the most compelling characters the the you know um the Walter Whites are compelling because they are complex and they're nuanced and they have all these weird surprising things and the best part of a character is when they surprise you not when they do the same thing that they've always been doing the whole time and so right. i think when we allow space for that in in brands or what i'm saying as a character is like that's where they get really interesting and and so i think we like to show all these different sides of ourselves because it it makes it it feels genuine it feels genuine to us i mean it's the way we're real people making the brand we're not some like brand guidelines just you know robotically putting shit out of the world we like are real people making the stuff and so i i I think that's like that's what makes it feel organic and human um yeah so that that's kind of my whole yeah because the brand characters I love yeah. that, and I and I I do I I, f- I feel like I I saw that, um, and a, a a brand probably couldn't do that or would have done it in a much different way, right? Mm-hmm. They might have like they might have done a, a very simple, you know, little a post with with something, but a character does it a lot differently, right? Yeah, and, and that's kind of what you described, and like you said, right? And I don't know why. I, the office came to mind, right? Like Michael Scott, he was such a tool, but there were those <laughs> moments where he was like lovable right. and sweet and they, they all sort of loved each other. Right. And again, yeah. it is those, those moments that are surprising that make characters, you know, so, so complex and deep. And then that, that's how you sort of form a relationship right. with them. Right. And, and that's, right. that's a cool way to think about it. And I wonder if, you know, I wonder if, if more people, more brands shouldn't be thinking in that, in that way. Yeah. It's, it's hard because it, right. It's like, there has to be this kind of one-to-one of the people making it to putting it on the world. And it has, to, it has to be this very short pipeline from, from the people making it. Like, that's what I said. It's like, we're all people too. So we don't want to make a brand. We just want to, the, the brand is kind of more just a reflection of all the things that we like and we think is funny and, and we want to do. And so I think that's the other cool thing about it. It's like, it's, this weird amalgamation of everybody behind it, making it um, it's again, it's not like some brand book that we all came in and we're like, this is what we do. And we say this word and we don't say this word. And our logo goes like this and our logo doesn't go like this. You know, we have, I think I would say we have two logos. Like we just straight up have two logos that we use whenever we fucking want. And there's no rhyme or reason behind it other than we think one makes more sense on here and the other makes more sense on here. And like, that's how it should be. We should have, we should give ourselves creative freedom to, to make those decisions um, and not have to like justify it all the way up the chain of, of command right. on something. and then across to but, somebody else somewhere else. But I also think that, uh, I don't know if it's, it's the effect of social media or just, you know, the, 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 the speed of, of everything. But I also think that consumers, they they don't, give a shit about some of that stuff as anymore or maybe like they used to right like logo usage and and uh you know like oh that that's wrong they don't they don't do you, care do you about think they that cared about it before stuff. though i think maybe i don't know i, I don't I feel maybe, like we're, maybe I feel it was like, like a, they wanted a the bit. 
Well, no, I guess what I mean is they expected the brand to behave in a certain way. And maybe yeah. if they saw a variation, they were sort of put off mm. by it. But now because mm -hmm. of the speed of social, by the fact that you said, you know, people are, everyone's a content creator. Everyone's yeah. making their own stuff that I just feel like maybe it's, it's gotten less important. And, and sometimes we spend so much time on that and yeah. so much money. Right. And yeah. like, yeah. yeah. Does that make sense? Do you think? I mean, no, no, to totally. I, that's what, that's kind of what I've been saying. I think like, as we need to give ourselves license to, to play around more and to be again, more fearless, not reckless. Like, I think we need, we, it's, it's this balance, right? I think like we need to, we need to, uh, it's, it's funny. I, I have said this before too. It's like the ad industry is its own worst enemy. A lot of times we like to all, complain about stuff but like this great example is i get i'll get pitched like out of the blue a bunch of agencies will always you know like linkedin me and be like hey we've got a great idea we'd love to show it to you right like yes but please don't put it in a deck like give your art directors and designers the week off the night off whatever it is don't make them stay up late just put in a word doc i'm a creative yeah i can it. visualize and it. i i can you can literally tell me in a sentence and I can tell you whether it's a good idea or not. And, right. and every single time, except for one, I've had every agency will come with like a fucking like 30 page deck with all these comps and set up. And they and they always are like, sorry, I know you told us not to make a deck, but we couldn't help ourselves. And I was like, right. I'm always like, yes, you can. I literally was trying to help you tell you not to spend your time doing this. And, and, and like, be kind to your people give and and don't be so precious about the ideas. I think that's kind of, that's kind of the thing is like, we're all so precious about ideas and there's there, there. And if we start, stop being so precious about presenting them and that whole process, I think we'll actually find that it can be more collaborative with the people that we're presenting to and the people that we're bringing work to. And I think that's what we want. At least that's what I want. I want someone to be like, here's a really crazy, here's an interesting idea. Boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, cool, that's, that's fun. But what if we did this and let's start building from there. Um, but only one agency has literally ever started with just a Google doc and they're like, Hey, we heard you here it is. And I was like, thank you. And yeah. they, they got farther. And I will say they got further with us than anybody has ever gotten doing yeah. that because I was like, cool, let's, let's work on this idea together. Not like, have you present an idea that, that is not going to work. Um, yeah. From like the jump, like people will be like, here's the idea. And like the first page, I'm like, uh, yeah, this is way off what we would ever do. Yeah. Like, and then you put all this work into this thing. So um, I just yeah. think like as an industry, we got to get we got to get better about that stuff and we got yeah. to evolve. Yeah. And I think that it's almost like I, I, I'm with you, right? I prefer to f start working with like a premise, right? Mm -hmm. Like what what if, you know, what would it look like if this happened? As right. opposed to the whole thing being written out as a script yeah. or whatever, it's like, well, this is the funny. This is the funny thing. Like, what would yeah. it look like if, you know, yeah. we did a collaboration? Like, just a, like you said, a sentence or two. And yeah. I think we're just so caught up with it's got to be, you know, it's got to be five five pages, and there's got to be a strategy right. set up, and there's got to be, you know, charts and all, you know, and stuff, yeah. and then and then you know, ten ten images that that show the idea right yeah um what do you guys do you foresee i mean like what's next for the brand right is it i mean do you in some ways besides being the character right seeing yourselves as a character do you also see yourselves as being just like content creators like is there a time where and maybe uh, maybe you've already talked about this but is there a time where it's like liquid death starts releasing you know, movies or TV shows or, you know, where you sort of evolve I mean, the brand, almost like, almost like a Red Bull maybe. Yeah. I mean, we've always thought of ourselves that way. I mean, I, I, I do. It's like, it's like we're a entertainment company that happens to sell healthy beverages, not the reverse, you know, I think. And I think, again, it's like when you, uh, when you approach it that way, it's like, cool, our product, I, I'm like our product, we have at least three products, which is, you know, the water and iced tea, the merch, which we have a crazy, we have a crazy merch business that's doing all kinds of gymnastics and, and insane, funny, hilarious things there. And then the third is the just 
content. And I think content is one of the products that we make and, and we put it out and, um, yeah, I mean, we want to, we want to be doing more and more of that. You know, there's not a reason why we need to make the videos we make. It's, it's sort of more, uh, I don't know. It, it's more just content to kind of throw out and give people a laugh. And when, again, when you approach the work like entertainment versus an ad, you have a much different set of parameters of what you're trying to do and, and what you think it needs to do. And so I think that framing is, is different. And we've already made a movie. Um, it was before my time here, but um, we have a feature length horror movie that dropped in 2021 um, that was out. Oh, and, wow. Yeah. It's on Amazon prime. It's called dead till death. You can watch it tonight. And I think right. it's actually, it may be, it may be fully up on YouTube for free now. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we do stuff. I mean, we put out three albums. You can buy the vinyl of them on our store. Um, you will, you know, we're going to continue to put out more and more entertainment like that. And so, um, yeah, plenty of, plenty more exciting stuff ahead. Yeah. And then what's also interesting, right. When, when, again, just not to harp on it, but it's just, I I just think it's so brilliant. The idea of thinking of the brand as a character and looking at this as, as content, then you sort of inspire this whole other thing of like fan fiction, right? Like I saw there was a, it was scrolling through the feed, right. And there was a, the woman, the designer, who did the funny video where she like reimagined your brand and, and, and she was so, you know, I'm talking about the woman oh, yeah, who was a yeah, designer yeah, and said liquid yeah. then she had a really dry delivery, but that's like a whole other thing that you're not even paying people, for. Right. It's like the fans are creating yeah, their people, own stories for you. People want people see us. And I, I talk about this too. I think the brand is inherently interactive. I think like by nature of the can, the way it looks, it looks like a beer. It, you, you're, when you're, when you're, people want to talk about it. They want to interact with you. They want to ask questions. Um, and so the, the product itself is really interactive. And then on, like I said, with our fans on social or whether wherever we're doing, we mess with people. We write like super sarcastic captions or we straight up, you know, try to punk people out or whatever it is. And people see that and they pick up on it. And now it becomes kind of this fun two-way street where we're all we're all making stuff together. And, and I think we have really awesome fans of the brand um, that, that just make a lot of content. And then we get to take some of that best stuff and then we get to share it with, with everyone else. And I think that's a really awesome loop that, that has kind of been created around what we're doing because people see that we don't fucking care and we see that we're messing around and having fun and they want to. And I think that's, what's appealing is like, they're so everyone's taking everything so seriously to see a brand, let alone a healthy brand, um, present itself in a way where it just feels like we're all having fun together. Like that's, that's so appealing. I mean, I, this sounds, I, I don't mean this to be self indulgent. Like I'm as big a fan of liquid death as anyone else. Like I get, yeah. I'm, I'm giddy getting to work on it because it's really fun to like put it out. And I love what we get to do. And I think like I have as much mutual respect for and fun around what we're doing as, as anyone else, because it's, it genuinely is really fun. And I, and I think that kind of comes through in the work and, um, absolutely. It, it feels, it feels a little, it feels human. It feels like there's like real people behind it making it and not some big corporation. And you don't know who the people are, but, but it, it feels a little bit handmade and it feels like there's a, there's a real heart behind it. And I think that's what I hope comes through at least is, is that there's like genuine heart and joy behind the brand. Um, and, and I think people pick up on that kind of thing. Yeah. And I think it's coming through loud and clear. So I think that's a, that's a good place for us to, uh, to put a pin in it. Thank you, man. Uh, congratulations on all your success. Um, and, uh, you know, just super great talking to you. And I, I just look forward to following your feed and seeing all the great work that, <laughs> uh, you do and, and maybe we can keep in touch and yeah, Absolutely. keep it going, man. I love it. Yeah. I can't, I love we it. can't stop now. We're on a hamster wheel so exactly yeah, it's like where where do you where do you stop yeah. we have yeah we have so many things in the chamber right now so um stay tuned because there'll be there's a lot more coming out soon for sure awesome thank you andy cool. we'll talk yeah. soon take care thanks for having me okay Happy holidays. yeah you. thank you and that's gonna do it for the very first episode of 2024 Thanks to my very special guest, Liquid Deaths, Andy Pearson. Man, I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. 
Hey, listen, even if we're not working with brands like Liquid Death, I think a lot of the stuff that Andy shared is applicable to any brand. Uh, you know, it'll help us to kind of elevate uh, any brand we're working with and take it to new levels just by thinking a little bit like Andy. What would Andy do? So, all right. Well, that's going to do it for today. Be sure and check out all the things that I mentioned at the top of the podcast. You can find all of it on Jaime Cabrera Creative. Com. All right. Until next time, peace, love, and creativity. Happy 2024. See ya. Bye.